Broadcasting at the base of Arizona's Camelback Mountain. Under the watchful eyes of the praying monk, this is RadioWilder.com with Harry. Over 65 years of rock and roll, six decades of attitude, music, stories, and life. And now, here's Harry. Radio Wilder's on the air. We're rocking, and we're doing it. Last week's show was the largest audience we've ever had. So one thing I know to be true is any of us that love rock and roll, which most do, if you can't find something in 65 to 70 years where the rock, you probably listen to the wrong channel and the wrong stuff. So that's just uh, good, lucky collecting and contributions from all kinds of people. So the songs are moving. We got a great one this week. Got a wonderful cover. Uh, we got a brand new song from Adam, Adam Levine and Maroon 5 out a couple of weeks. It's a nice tune. It's got a guest female doing it with her. Uh, we're going to be able to hear about uh, me and my fight with two big naked women in the shower. So it's going to be a good show. Got a couple of classics. In fact, we have four women doing it on the show, and we're covering one of the greatest rockers of all time. So before I get into it, I want to get us off to a good start with a rock, and then I'm going to give you what I call a song from the Funkadelic Collection. So let's rock and let's roll. Oh, <laughs> Simple, beautiful, 1957-58 rock and roll by Mr. Holly. So it's going to be hard to do, to describe this next song, except sometimes you get a song that doesn't make any sense. It's just the, for me, it's called the Funkadelic Collection. 
when we used to play, we would say something was funky. That could be a syncopated beat. That's kind of the beat you think you're ready to hear, but it's an offbeat of that, or it's just got some, just some funk to it. Just like some of the great black musicians that only describe some of the music as funk. That's what it is. Well, this is a group called Corner Shop. They're a British indie group, came out in 97, 98, had one big, huge hit. Really interesting album. I heard it, I think I heard it at the garage, probably. Loved it and got it, and I picked uh, Shelly up one night from the airport, and I put it on, she said, wow, who is that? They're great, they're awesome, and uh, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. The title of this one is Lessons Learned from Rocky One to Three, but you ought to look them up because they do have some neat stuff. Six, seven people in the band. They have some uh, Middle Eastern dudes and women and some British cats, and they're, they're kind of going to be doing their own thing. And the one refrain you're going to hear over and over again, you probably don't know what it's saying, is overgrown super shit. So enjoy Corner Shop. <laughs> Yeah, the overgrown super shit. 
TSB rock school, all the grown super shit. The supermodels, well, they can't get enough of it. The overgrown super shit. got that didn't you it's just one of those songs now they've got some 70 guitar licks going on in there a little bit but lyrics wise when you look it up you just have to laugh i don't know what the real lessons are i understand that sheepskin shoes are going to ruin the shoe industry i got that part but love it like it enjoy it and they did have one big hit and it was uh 98 or 99 that was number one so I think while we investigate tonight and check all the things out I'd like to find out who wrote the book of love I wonder wonder who who, who, who wrote the book of love Next, we're going to move over and listen to Yellow Moon, done by the Neville Brothers. And they just finished hooking up with Dr. John and Elvis Costello on Austin City Limits to do a tribute to Fats Domino. 
and all that he brought to the city of New Orleans. So, Devils, take it over.
Charles Neville and Eric Struthers, Danny. Thank you. Right here, we're gonna turn you on to our brother. We call him the Horn Man. We got the Grammy Award-winning saxophone of Dr. Charles Neville. Powerful and clear as hell, Neville Brothers. Well, I'm gonna come up now. Next, we're gonna look at somebody who can give you and somebody who can't give you. Nick Waterhouse uh, is a California vocalist, guitar player. About 19 or about 2010, 2011, he was getting some pretty good raves. Somebody said, "Why don't you cut a record?" And he couldn't get anybody to come up with the money, so he did it himself and kind of hand pressed them, if you will. Became very popular out there, and they, they became so rare they were going for about 300 bucks a piece. So he's very good. I like him. He's interesting, new and and uh, plays well and sings well. Then we're gonna go over to a sexy woman, Bonnie Raitt, who is going to tell you that she can't. So you got a can and a can't. And I remember an interview seeing her, she can play and she can sing beautifully, beautiful voice. And this was, I think it was on Bluesville or something. And one of the women said, well, you're 52 or whatever you are. And, and she just, and she said, so how do you feel about the stage in your life? And she said, I feel sexier and greater than ever. I still love to get it on. So let's hear I can and I can't.
beautiful singing by Bonnie Raitt. Here comes our request of the week by none other than the Southern Boy, by way of Virginia Beach, Steve Nagel. Stevie bombed me when I asked, I said, what do you like? He said, I like all Southern. I want Southern Rock. I love Pat Benatar. I want 38 Special. I said, Steve, we can't run the whole show about you and all your greatness. And uh, if we had lots of time, I, we could be talking about Steve, Steve's dating pattern, but that might fire him up.
picked a song of Pat's to play for Steve, the more I listened to it, I thought All Fired Up is great for Steve because when he regales with, with the potentials of his new and latest online dating victims, he is all fired up. And then when the dust settles, the defeats come in. Most of the time they're from Steve because uh, sometimes Steve's dates don't look exactly like their pictures do. So he takes his beating like a man and moves along. So Steve, uh, hopefully you're all fired up by this song. Next is a little treat for me always. I can never get enough of the Everly Brothers and they influence a lot more people than, than are, is, is realized. Male, female, you name it, they do it. Don and Phil. But their dilemma in this particular song is something that people would laugh about today. There's a sense of urgency, fear, anxiety, and what are my friends going to think? So let's go through the drama of the Everly Brothers. song out. In fact, it came out two weeks from today. It's called Help Me Out. And we have a guest, Julia, Julia uh, Michaels, singing with her. She has her own stuff. We have a nice video that goes along with it. It's an uh, uh, ethereal kind of a song. It's enjoyable. So let's hear a new one from Maroon 5.
storytelling time now and help me out it's probably a pretty good uh, a pretty good segue into it I was working for what reminded me of this story was I got a shout out from Neil Waxman long time knew Neil a long time ago it's gosh it's 35 years since I've heard or talked ever since I moved away from El Paso his father was my dad's best friend Joe Waxman they owned uh, pawn shops in El Paso and Neil went on to open his own uh, CB place. Coronado CB was the name. And I was working for the Cardwell, CNR Distributing, the people that own Petro Truck Stops. And my wife was working in their accounting department, and I was, I was given a job to work and help resurrect their, well, if you, if, it, it really was a trucker store. It had a little bit of everything. So if you can picture what these, uh, big truck stops look like there are a, 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 it's really a family it's really where people all come it's their island it's where they stay they stay in their trucks and you name it they do it there and if they're comfortable and 
uh, loyal, you're going to get a lot of business. Now, the main draw, of course, is the fuel islands and what the prices are and the credit that you get or your company says you'll go there. Then they had a uh, iron skillet restaurant, which is the number two draw. And at the time, uh, Rose was running the fuel stop. She was the queen, uh, older, tough woman, very nice, very likable. And Art ran the iron skillet, great food over at the skillet. And I had I brought up the third end of it, which was called Hyo Silver's Trucker Store. Now, one of my responsibilities was uh, we had 11 showers there. So it was my job to run a crew of janitors and shower cleaners and have all these washing machines running night and day because they ran 24 hours a day. And it was a big deal for a trucker. He'd come in, uh, get his fuel, park, and then he'd want to clean up and all the rest of that. Where sometimes, a lot of times, you'd be surprised how busy the showers or maybe you wouldn't were. Well, when I first took over the store, I had I'd been with Strider Pant for years and years, so I had my retail experience. But this was all different. You had, uh, you know, these rows and rows of these little bins with all these little items that belonged to trucks, switches and reflectors and wiry things. You can tell I'm quite a mechanical genius when I talk about this. And then they would have HBA stuff, which is like you have at the CVS or or uh, Walgreens, toothpaste, hair stuff, you name it, floss. And you'd have that group of stuff to take care of. And then you would have uh, clothing. And clothing was a big deal, a, a big deal I really found out about. And then you'd have, in those days, breaker, breaker, you had your CB stuff. And that was made up, took up a, quite a lot of the store. So it was kind of diverse and interesting. So when I first came into the store, it was losing money, and Jack Cardwell was nice enough to give me the job and thought I could help out. So I went in there and uh, spent, you know, a few days doing what you're supposed to, what I think you always should do in a new business before you make any decisions. That's kind of mini focus groups. So I started talking to the truckers. Boy, did I take a thrashing. We were overpriced. We didn't have the right stuff. The store was dusty. There was this. The showers now that had, never had enough towels. And the only thing they could be happy with was the restaurant, which was great. They liked it, and it was a good deal. They had a wonderful salad bar and the fuel island. So I remember a guy coming in, big, all of them were big boys, it seemed like. And so one guy came in one day, and he said, do you think I got to, he said, I want to change a shirt every time I come in. I want to take a shower, you know, change my shirt, be presentable, go to dinner, and I go out to my truck, and you I can promise you it was quite a circus outside in that parking lot with the girls milling around and going from one truck to another. And But it was their safety zone. Police just kind of left it alone. He said, I can't pay $25 or $30 for a shirt. Crazy? That's a ripoff, and it's this, and it's that. And I went, okay, all right. And I said, well, I'll get you some, I'll get you a shirt. I'll get you a good deal. He said, yeah, sure. Everybody always says that. They'll do this, and they'll do that. And I heard it from several truckers. So my immediately top, my top priorities were I had to know what the hell's in those bins, because I don't know what they are. I got to find out somebody who outfits them. And it was kind of dirty and dusky out in the back there. So I said, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get those shirts, because I knew I had experience from Strider. And I was thinking of a company called Ruddick, where I could get a good deal. A friend of mine was the rep there. So I got a hold of him. And we came up with a good deal, a good plan, where we had 
uh, real nice cowboy shirts. That's what they wanted to wear, Western shirts. And they were uh, $12.95 a piece or two for 25. And we've just put them in these bins. I mean, bins, not like you'd stare at the bin. You'd have to reach down and get the shirts out. And had two big bins, boxes, I should say, not bins. And put up a sign. And the if you go by, if you think of those big truck stops, they always have kind of a large sign, a running sign that is lit up and featuring the specials. Well, when I got the shirts in, they let me put the specials up on my sign, and it was unbelievable. I was selling shirts left, right, in between, and I actually did after a month. That guy came back in because, you know, it was regular routes, and he said, I can't believe you actually did that. And he, he bought, like, $200 worth of the shirts, and I could not keep them in the store. They were, they were a miracle. Well, of course, that took care of one problem, but I needed help with the other stuff. And so I found out there were about nine stores around Texas and I think one someplace else. And I found out who knew what was going on. And there was a woman in Beaumont. She had a great running store, profitable. So she helped me out with the bins and I got a guy in here. And then again, I'd ask the truckers, what do they want? What switches do they need? The reflectors. I mean, because there was about 50 or 60 bins. So we got that rolling. The HBA was a little bit easier because it's kind of standard stuff. So the one thing I did when I got the bins all fixed up was I had an idea of the truckers. You know, the, one of the most striking things on the truck is that big chrome bumper in the front. So I, from Strider and other places, I, I had fair ideas about displays. So I thought, man, if we could put one of those big bumpers up in the air over the bins and have the lights on, that'd be cool. So, in fact, that's exactly what we did, and that helped and made that a big draw. So we had the ship running good, and uh, so the next thing to tackle was CBs. They said we had a bunch of crap in there, and we didn't know what they were. Of course, I didn't know what they were. So I reached out to my buddy Neil at Coronado CB, and I said, look, why don't you figure out a way to come out here on Saturday? These guys are all around here. I think you can do a hell of a lot of business. You just come out here and bring your stuff. I don't even have to make any money. I said, you just come out, I'll get you up on the sign, and I'll, I'll, my victory will be from the traffic. So that's exactly what we lined up, and we called it him the CB doctor on Saturday, and Neil did great. He came out there, he knew, of course, what he was talking about. He helped me get better equipment in my store for when he wasn't there. And so Neil really, really helped out, and it was wonderful to hear from him. So let's... This brings us to the lovely showers. The showers were an animal of their own. You constantly had to keep them up. Sometimes people bring their own soap, sometimes they wouldn't. It was, you just kind of, it was like the Roman baths. You really didn't want to go back there, but you had to for inspection and, uh, and make sure everything was working. And those washer dryers are going out all the time and constantly. I mean, it's 24 hours a day. You never had a moment that were empty showers. So I'm sitting there one day behind the counter and a couple big boys come walking in and hurrying in and said, hey, man, you got to get back to the shower. There's a big fight going on. And I'm thinking, what am I going back there for? You guys are twice as big as I am. And he said, no, no. There's, I said, well, what do you mean? Go back there and stop it or something. And he said, no, no, there's two girls, and they're fighting, and they're in the shower. And I go, well, go give them a hit. And the guy said, hell no. So I zoomed back around there and... To my delight, I saw two women, both bigger than me, naked, fairly, you know, heavy, let's just say, uh, substantial, 
And so they were cussing and yelling, and you could hear the blow. I can still hear those pop of the fist. They were, <laughs> they were landing them. So the truckers stood back in fear. They didn't even get near. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Any one of them could have slapped me around with one hand, and, but they were afraid. So I went in there, and I went in to, to, to separate them. And when I got right in the middle of them, one of them punched me. I'm sure it was an accident, but knocked the you-know-what out of me. My eyes watered up, and so by reflex, I just punched her right back and knocked her into the side of the shower. And I, ju- I was mad by then. I pushed them apart, and I did this, I did that. Whatever I did, it was all a frenzy at that time. And got them apart and got it done. And for about two days, I was a hero there because the truckers thought I was awesome going in there and busting up the girls and punching one after she punched me. So... That's my naked girl story. It's a true one. I can hear those slaps coming along right now. So it's time to dip into the Deuces or Wilder collection. One of my favorite all-time songs, one of everybody's favorite all-time songs. Cool story behind it. That's Locomotion. And little Eva, the woman, the girl that did it first, was a uh, one of 16 children, born in North Carolina. And uh, she, her some in-laws or they moved, somehow some of them moved up to Brighton, Brooklyn. So when they were up in Brooklyn, she alternated with this girl doing babysitting duties. And the girl babysat for uh, Jeff Goffin, Jerry Goffin, and Carol King, the famous singer and writer. And so they penned a song, Locomotion, and they wanted D.D. D. Sharp to do it, but she turned it down. And so one night they came back home and little Eva was singing it. And so they immediately signed her up, lined her up, and you you couldn't have a bigger, greater break because she sang it wonderful. It became a powerful hit. And what I didn't realize when I looked at, sometimes this research is pretty cool, I didn't realize that Carol King sang the backup on it. So we'll listen to that, and then then it's going to be covered by Grand Funk Railroad, and they do a beautiful job themselves, a powerhouse version. Grand Funk covered it in 74, and Little Eva did it in 1962. Let's get the songs on the air. It's time for Harry's Deuces Are Wilder on RadioWilder.com.
American band, Grand Funk. 45 years in rolling, iterations of the band. They've had people such as Frank Zappa and Todd Rundgren produce them. They are, they, I think they were originally Grand Funk, Railway, something, something. Then they got down to Grand Funk, and I think they have their, their original name back. But 45 years of cranking it up, and little Eva Boyd doing what <laughs> little Eva, it's a freak just thinking about how that was that they babysat. And I know I liked it that Carol sang. You remember some of her, her songs. We'll play one or two of those as we go along. Next group uh, thrust the 12-string guitar into everybody's face in the 60s, the birds, sweet singing birds. And the 12-string is a cool instrument to listen to. Kind of reminds me of double basses on the drums. I played those for a while. It's different. It's intricate. And Randy Jones, who used to play with us, he played a nice 12-string. He played all instruments in a beautiful way. So let's listen to a song, and at the end of it, we're going to feel a whole lot better. The reason why that high register twining that sounds great when you have the 12 string. Peter Frampton was a teenage idol in the 70s and 80s. He's from Britain. 
super underrated guitar player. We have a cover. I have a cover in the Fabulous Deuces or Wilder collection. He, he, he's matching up with one of the greatest guitar players in the world and one of the greatest bands in the world who happened to he happened to be playing lead guitar for him in this song. And it will fool you. That's how good it is. But we'll reach into the vault later for that. He was... I think he went to school with uh, David Bowie. David Bowie was two or three years older. And Peter Frampton's father was David Bowie's art teacher. So then that was weird kind of connections. And at one time, back to the Grand Funk, when they were doing that stuff with Frank Zappa and Todd, they wanted Peter Frampton to play with them. But Peter Frampton had a, just signed a, a solo contract with Capitol. And his band that he went out of to go solo was called Humble Pie. Got some stuff from Humble Pie that's pretty good too. Let's so let's listen to the Framster. You took your shot and knocked me down. Didn't see me moving.
He's back. He never went anywhere. Can't wait till we dust out that tremendous cover. Now, that's one of the covers where it's so difficult to tell, but when you realize who he's covering, damn, he's really a good guitar player. So looks, I think it's about time to grace the stages for one, have somebody come up on the Wilder stage who had one of the most powerful popular bands, who were the most powerful popular band in the 70s and 80s, started in Chicago in 1972, and when I was checking up on them, see how they were doing, well, they'll be playing about 20 minutes from me on February 18th down at the Talking Stick Resort in Phoenix. I think when my old guitar player, Bill, hears about that, he's a concert master, I believe he and Donna will want to come hang out at our house. We'll go down and see Sticks down at the Talking Stick Resort. So, here come the Sticks. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long.
go down and see him. Well, we're getting near the end of the show, and I hope everybody is registering for those treats. They're going good. We had our winners last week with Steve Rainwater and Nikki Hutkins, so you better get after it. You want to get them. We're going to keep handing them out. Sacred Canyon's getting some good requests on their own for the goods. I'm telling you, uh, it, the stuff is delicious. He's won medals, uh, blue ribbon up in uh, Seattle for some of his stuff. And it's a very unique trail mix. It's got stuff in it that you don't normally get. And the jerky speaks for itself if you like that. And he also has other stuff. His wines are great. Comes from the great, great grandfather's winemaking ability or wine. You know, it's passed down. He didn't just start doing it yesterday. Let's, let's say it that way. And he and his brother, or certainly his brother, they do some fishing up in Alaska where they come home with that deli- salmon. And... Uh, when he gets that smoked salmon and Marlene demands that I go to and get some, of course, I give her my share because I hate it. But his, she says this is it's good or better than any restaurant. So reach out to the canyon. Let's get your requests. And remember, you can buy a tune if you like it uh, from our playlist or go straight into the tune store. And I guess you can do it with, do it with Google Play now. Not sure how I better get up to speed on stitchers for your car. But it doesn't cost you any more than regular. If you see something you like, you bring it in. We'll get a little chit, a little credit from iTunes, which helps subsidize in case somebody sends us a request that as soon as I play it, I'll have to move it out the door. But I'm going to keep my fingers crossed right now when I give the biggest hype about next week. Of course, we got a request. It's going to be a brother-to-brother request couple of other things but if all things hold true I am going to break on the wilder in the wilder corral we are going to break a world exclusive we are going to play a song sung by a person that song and that person singing it it's a 100% guarantee that you will never it will never be played it is never being played or never will be played on any station that night in the world. I'm not talking about Tennessee. I'm not talking about Washington. I'm talking about the world. Now, we've got people working behind the scenes to make it happen, but if it does, it'll be the proudest song I've ever played on the Wilder Show. So thanks again for listening. Thrilled with the response. Thrilled with the views I'm getting on LinkedIn and some of their stuff. Pretty remarkable, pretty amazing. But again, the credit goes to rock and roll. 65 years of it. So we're going to finish it off with Butch Walker. And he's doing a song with uh, that he's, well, he's written a whole big bunch for other people. And he, he's, he's kind of a funky guy. He's, he's actually an ordained minister. And he did a concert in Ohio and got off the stage a little later and married two people. But he was renting a house in Malibu from Flea from the Red Chili, red Hot Chili Peppers, and the house burned down in one of those Malibu fires. So he, he lost everything he had as far as family stuff, uh, any of his mementos, all of his, a lot of his musical stuff that he lost. And so he's making a comeback, and he can play, and he can sing. And again, who would, who would not... Who would not be interested in hot girls who are in good moods? All the guys would, and maybe even some of the girls.
at the mall and she dances on the dark side of the disco ball. She drives a silver Mercedes made in the 80s. Swears and stares at the bughead ladies as she shadows me in love. Right while she's scratching my back. While she's singing all the words to my hidden track from the heart of a record far as I can tell. And it sounds like heaven and feels good as Teenage bullet belt Making really heavy music And a band down a band Playing spring break parties In the redneck sand It's better than that, and it's all available here, was all available here at RadioWilder.com. 